Hey there, if you're running or thinking about starting your own online or brick and mortar store, stay tuned because today we got Nick Goslin, a pro in specialty retail and cool products who knows how to make retail business shine. Over the next 25 minutes, Nick's spilling the secrets on how to make your retail business super efficient, create a shopping experience people won't forget, how to take your small online or brick and mortar shop up to the next level with omni-channel magic and how to use TikTok and other social media to grow your sales exponentially. Let's give a warm welcome to our guest, Nick Goslin. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the Contributors Podcast. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. Nick, as of June 2022, Amazon had a 37.8% market share of retail e-commerce in the United States. Given Amazon's strong hold on the e-commerce, how can small shops, especially online ones, compete and stay in business? Yeah. So, I mean, assuming we're talking here about pure e-commerce type businesses, you know, what a lot of people don't realize about Amazon is that, yes, it's continuing to grow, but it's still not the largest retailer in the world. It does have some weaknesses. You know, it just recently, in the last several years, was able to turn a profit on its retail business. That's what most people think of Amazon for, is you go on Amazon.com, you buy some products. But most of Amazon's profit has been coming from things like cloud services. The, the retail business has struggled for profitability. And also because it's known for having a bit of a poorer customer service, higher rate of returns. And sometimes just as a customer, you know, it can be hard to find what you want because the algorithm is always changing and you can type the exact name of the product you're looking for, know it's on Amazon and it may not come up. So, you know, it, but it is critical for discoverability of your product. You know, something like two thirds now of all retail product searches start on Amazon. They don't start on Google. So you do need to be using Amazon, but a lot of people, start their product search there and ultimately buy somewhere else. And that's really where I think if you're a small e-commerce retailer, a small brick and mortar retailer, what you need to keep in mind. Going head to head against Amazon in the things that they're best at, that's not a fight you're going to win. But there are things that you can do that they aren't set up to do in terms of product and service differentiation, customer experience. Those are the things you need to lean into to kind of go around Amazon. For a long time, you know, there were people People who were doing a lot of businesses that became known as drop shipping, which was sort of playing the middleman between a manufacturer and an end customer. It's really hard to do that now outside of Amazon. Just starting a drop shipping business these days is really, really tough. But assuming you're actually retailing, you have an e-commerce store, you have a brick and mortar store, how, what can you do? Well, you really want to think about the customer experience. What can you lean into to make that unique? And look at the areas where Amazon is weak, customer service customer experience, discoverability. Do you have your own products that you're selling? Why the white label or in-house type products? Lean into those. Those are really some of the key things that you need to think about. And, and especially if you're in like a pure e-commerce business, you really need to think about the unboxing experience. So when the customer actually receives their shipment from you, what, what is it like for the customer to receive that product, open it up? What do they go through? What do they see? You know, if you've ever ordered some really high 
high-end stuff through e-commerce, you'll notice that successful high-end e-commerce retailers tend to put a lot of focus into making it a really special unboxing experience. The way it looks, the presentation, it's kind of like when you go into a restaurant and they bring out your food and it's all arranged very nicely in a high-end restaurant. That does something sort of psychologically for the customer. It's the same way in e-commerce when you're unboxing a higher-end item. So Nick, considering the closure of over 2,800 brick-and-mortar stores in 2023, it's astonishing number. Almost 3,000 stores have been closed. What steps can the owners of such stores take at least to stay in business or ideally thrive? Yeah, so, I mean, physical retail, for a long time, the news pundits have been saying physical retail is dying, but it's not true. Physical retail is still thriving. It's just changing. We're about to go into the biggest sales holiday of the year here in a couple of weeks, Black Friday through Cyber Monday, and go out into some stores on those days, and you'll see, at least in the United States, how highly trafficked physical retail still is. So, you know, many retailers are continuing to open stores. You know, it's store optimization is kind of an ongoing process in big retail. So just because we see some stores going under doesn't mean that brick and mortar is dying. It's just changing. And when we think about like Amazon, you know, they're leaning more heavily into physical retail. They've been experimenting with physical stores for years. It was actually just a couple of weeks ago, they closed down their experiments in apparel stores, but they're leaning very heavily into grocery. They bought Whole Foods six or seven years ago. And so brick and mortar is actually a pretty big component of Amazon strategy. So, you know, I would say if you're purely brick and mortar store and you have no online or digital presence, that's hard. That's a struggle these days and you will continue to struggle. So the key is you want to be able to blend that physical and digital experience and do it in a way that focuses on those things that are unique to your business. So what can you provide in terms of customer experience? What's unique about your product? Or maybe it's your sales staff. Think about what is unique about your particular brand and then figure out how you can blend the digital and the physical. And you know what? You may not win the people who are buying purely on price who know exactly what they want. They're just going to go to Amazon or a big box store like a Walmart anyway. But for people who are really shopping, they're really exploring, they're weighing options, they want to test products, that's where you can shine in a way that Amazon is just not set up to do. In one of your interviews I watched, you mentioned omnichannel as a crucial strategy for small retail. Could you break down for our viewers what omnichannel means? Sure. So there's a lot of different terms for this. Omnichannel is probably the main one. It essentially means every channel. And the idea there, I like to qualify it as every channel means wherever your customers happen to be. So if you're e-commerce business, you know, your customers aren't only shopping through e-commerce. If you're a brick and mortar business, they're not only shopping brick and mortar. Some of your customers may be buying through social media. Some of your customers may be buying through like events, community events. So the idea of omni-channel or sometimes it's called multi-channel or integrated retail is thinking about where your customers are actually shopping, where they're buying, and then meeting them where they are. And for very few brands, is that just one place or one channel? So that's really where we get into the whole thing of blending the digital and the physical. You know, a lot of brands that are purely e-commerce, they're struggling for profitability. COVID kind of gave us a false sense of security when it came to the success of certain brands that were purely e-commerce plays. Because customer acquisition costs, if you're going to just be a 100% e-commerce business, tend to be very, very high. A lot of e 
e-commerce companies are heavily in debt and trying to diversify into physical. And, you know, for those of us who were kind of around for the beginning of the consumer internet, it's not like, you know, AOL in the 90s where you would go online and that was just a thing you did with part of your day. We're online now all the time, all day. People are carrying around computers in their pockets that we call smartphones. We're online all day. And that's really kind of the mindset shift that you need to think about as a retailer. For physical stores, e-commerce websites tend to be the number one driver of foot traffic into the physical stores. And if you're an e-commerce brand or a direct-to-consumer brand, physical retail tends to be a major source of awareness where new customers can learn about you without needing to spend a bunch of money on online advertising, which is where you get those high customer acquisition costs. Another thing I like, you know, people to think about, particularly like if you're a purely e-commerce company today, is that physical stores kind of provide an additional opportunity to upsell or cross-sell a customer. It enhances the customer experience because they get to come in and see your product or feel it or taste it, whatever it may be, depending on what your product is. And now we're starting to see some really exciting things in like augmented reality and virtual reality, which is a big, big area in customer experience development. And it can only happen fully if there's some kind of physical presence. So for all those reasons, you know, it's really important to think about how you can diversify your channels to reach customers both digitally and physically. So can you advise to the uh, viewers who either running a brick and mortar or e-commerce business or planning to do it, what steps they should take to adopt omnichannel approach and to help their business to become real omnichannel? Sure. So if you are a physical or brick and mortar store, it's much easier to go into the web or digital channels than it is to go from being purely e-commerce into a physical channel. So let's start with the former. Let's say you're a traditional brick and mortar retailer. There's now a lot of tools available that make it much, much easier to have a digital presence. Things that didn't exist even just a few years ago or that weren't as well developed anyway. You know, you can develop a Shopify store. Shopify is sort of a layer for creating an e-commerce site and sync it to your inventory and have a digital presence. And it's fairly easy to do. You may need to involve a web designer for a little bit of help, but it's fairly easy to do. There's third-party logistics services that can hold your inventory if you don't have enough physical room in your actual store, but you want to be able to sell more online out of inventory. There are warehouse companies that you can sync up to your inventory, sync up to your website, and they handle the shipping for you. So a lot of these tools just didn't exist even just a few years ago. They're becoming much, much more popular now. And, you know, there's also services that you can use with no coding experience needed. You can do it in an app and build your own app for your store without needing to know anything about coding or programming. It's just like visual. You can just sort of create an app for your store and help provide that extra experience to your customers. I would just say, you know, remember that developing an e-commerce business takes time, but don't think of it as a goal in and of itself. You know, your goal isn't necessarily to push more people into e-commerce. It's just to get more sales. And your e-commerce site, if you're building one for the first time as a brick and mortar retailer, is a tool to do that. Now, if you are a direct-to-consumer or pure e-commerce company and you're going into physical stores for the first time, that tends to be more complicated. You should plan on taking a hit on your margin because you're going to have to give up some of that margin to the retail 
physical store that you're partnering with, but you could potentially go wider in sales and overall make more profit. The first thing I would recommend is you want to start by looking at how you can develop your wholesale business. So if you're a direct-to-consumer company, you own your own brand, start looking at some distributors who work in your niche. Go to some trade shows that are in your product niche because that's where you're going to be able to find distribution partners that will get your products into physical stores. There may be some upfront costs that some of them, some retailers demand, which we call like slotting fees, which is sort of you're paying to get your product on the shelf. You don't necessarily need to do that. I would say focus on the low-hanging fruit. Focus on where you can actually get started. And many times, depending on where you're located, if you go talk to some local retailers, just stores in your area, even for bigger chains, a lot of them have what's called a local vendor exemption. What that means is that if you're a local company, you don't necessarily need to go through the corporate office to get your product in some of those stores. You can build that relationship just kind of right in your neighborhood and start getting your products into some physical stores. And then once you've validated that concept, you've started to be successful in your wholesale business, then maybe down the road you look at, hey, do I want to open my own store to sell my product? That's kind of how I'd approach it. I would say you want to take it gradually, start small, don't overcommit too quickly. But if you build up gradually and you focus on kind of local first and then building outward, that tends to be a good recipe for success. That's a great advice. Thank you. So by the way, managing a retail business involves various challenges from inventory management to customer satisfaction. Nick, what steps should retailers take to make the shopping experience exciting and memorable for customers? Yeah. So I would say the first thing is you want to think about your presentation, right? So if you walk into a physical store, make sure it has good lighting, make sure it's clean, make sure your signs aren't faded and outdated. You know, you really kind of want the store to pop and catch the customer's eye when they come in. And it's the same thing on a website. You know, if you have an e-commerce website, you want to think about what's what's the customer journey when they first go onto your site? What are they going to look at? What steps are they going to take as they're clicking through your site and they're browsing? You need to think of that same thing in a physical store as on a website. Some other advice I'd give is ask your customers. You know, survey your current customers. Maybe give them, you know, a coupon or something for taking a survey, but survey your customers and find out what do they like about your store? What don't they like about it? And then that'll help you really kind of learn to lean into your strengths. You know, what are those unique things that keep drawing those customers to your store? Because that's really where you want to differentiate. There's also things, you know, in terms of you want to make, you really want to make it a convenient experience. So when you're kind of blending physical and digital, it's good to have your inventory live synced between your web presence and your stores so the customer can just pull up your site on their phone and they can see if you have what they need before they make a trip to the store. You know, so it's just sort of like, hey, I maybe I need it now, but I want to see if it's an in inventory first. And I would also say, you know, good product detail pages on a web presence, which is sort of, you know, that's when you click on the page and it gives you the description of what the product is. That that's makes it really good for customer research and that's going to help you with your conversion, meaning actually making the sale and it's going to help drive more traffic into your stores. But I would say the big takeaway lesson, you know, is you want to figure out what you do best that's unique to your retail business. And that's going to be different for every company. It's just retail is constantly changing and you can't afford to be a bland retailer anymore. You have to be unique in some way. You have to stand out in some way. And you probably already have some solid things that are the reason why customers keep coming back to you today or why you've kept long 
long-term customers over a number of years. You need to find out what those things are and then lean into them and provide that experience uniquely to those things across both your physical channels and your digital channels. Wow. Yeah, this is, yeah, differentiate what makes you different and what is your main thing which drives people buy again and again from you. That's cool. Nick, today TikTok has become the number one social media in the US and it has huge e-commerce ambitions. But before you share with us your thoughts on how small retailers could use TikTok and other social media to boost sales, I'd like to ask our viewers if you guys like this video, if it was helpful and insightful for you, give it a thumb up so YouTube algorithm will recommend this video to more people who either already in the retail business or thinking about that. Thank you. So Nick, considering TikTok's ambitious e-commerce targets reaching $20 billion in 2023 and aiming for $470 billion in the next five years, what are your thoughts on this trend and what recommendation do you have for our viewers involved in or planning to venture in e-commerce? Yeah, so what we call social selling or social commerce is, is a big thing and it's continuing to grow and you're definitely seeing a lot of that on TikTok. Facebook was kind of an early mover in that space with things like Facebook Marketplace, but we're now seeing it on these other platforms that didn't, you know, traditionally play in, in that field, you know, with, with X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Elon Musk is also looking at sort of how we can incorporate e-commerce and sales experience to buy a product right through the platform. So that's probably coming in the future as well. You know, I would say, you know, whenever we think about social media, social selling, the first thing is pick just a handful of platforms where your customers are. Don't try to do every platform because then you're going to spread yourself too thin. It's hard even for really, really big companies with, you know, multi-million dollar marketing departments to handle a bunch of different social platforms at one time and do it really well. So pick two or three where your target customers are hanging out and get really good at just those two or three. Develop relationships with your customers on those platforms. And it takes time. It takes time to build a social media following. But the real takeaway for social that I would say, you know, don't think you can go on there and just post some news about your business or post about what sales you're doing and expect that to grow an audience. You have to really engage people on there, build relationships, incorporate some customer service into it generate content that is relevant to what you're selling, but isn't just you pushing a sale. It has to be interesting to the potential customer. That's ultimately how you build an audience on social media that will engage with you in a buyer relationship down the road. It just takes time. So I do think that social selling, social commerce is definitely a place that retailers need to be thinking about. I just give those caveats on how to go about it and do it the right way. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nick, for being part of the Contributors Podcast and sharing your invaluable insights. Thank you. It was great to be here. Thank you. Dear viewers, if you have questions, you can visit Nick's website at nickgoslin.com. Link is in the description below. If you like this video, please give it a thumb up. And if you want to watch more insightful videos on business, crypto, and passive income, subscribe and hit the bell below to get notified about new videos. Otherwise, YouTube won't let you know. Thanks for watching. Stay healthy. Stay wealthy. Stay tuned.